We can look back and see it wasn't all so bad. Someday maybe we can look back and smile at the light. Hi everybody and welcome to the second edition of Tanner Talks brought to you by the Cop Table and Cop Left. Tonight, as always, we wouldn't be a show without him. We have Nick Tanner. Nick, haven't spoken to you in a couple of weeks. How are you, my man? All good with you? Yeah, all good, mate. All going well. A bit stressful. Got the show uh, 10th of November. We've had to move that to the uh, Hilton Hotel from the Shankly Hotel. So we've got to change everything around. So that's more work. And then we got the one after that. We got Plymouth the week after that. So two big shows coming up with the old legend. So we should be having a good laugh. But it's very stressful, mate, being honest. And, and who, who have you got legend-wise for the two? Maybe maybe the, the listeners don't know. First one, on the 10th, we got Jim and mine's old reserve team manager, Phil Thompson. So, And uh, I think we got a few of the young lads coming as well. So we'd have a good laugh with Tom over there. We'd have a, um, this is your life. Can you recognise these players now? So see if you can get hold of them. So we got Tomo, uh, Bruce Grobelar and Terry McDermott. We've also got Darren Farley on the show doing all the, obviously, Michael Owen and Carragher and all, all the all the voices from 2005, really, because we couldn't afford them. So Darren's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so we got him in that. And then on the Plymouth show, we got Ronnie Whelan, Terry McDermott and Jimmy Case on that one. So we're going down there the week after. So it's all good stuff. All the older legends, as I said before, trying to keep them in work. Do you know what I mean? Keep them busy. Keep them active. And so but they're brilliant. You know, I really enjoy doing them. It's just the stress on the build-up to them is a, so is some, a nightmare. Some may say they're real legends, but uh, there we we're go. Not going, <laughs> we're not going We'll not go there today. We'll not go there. But they're, real, they're, real, they're real legends. Before 2005, that's what I mean. Before so the reinvention of football. <laughs> but listen, but listen, we have a guest today, a super guest, and delighted to say ex-Liverpool, Oxford United, Southampton, Sheffield Wednesday. Also, Ipswich Town, where he managed as well, as well as Queen's, Queen's Park Rangers, Shamrock Rovers, and, and a little bit of Melbourne victory. And I, I'm, it's Jim Magilton, and uh, Jim, number one, fellow Ulsterman. <laughs> very, very welcome to the pod. How are you? I am very well, sir. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk to Nicky Tanner. <laughs> Nicky Tanner talks in his sleep. He has automatic thumbs. Just let me start again a minute. We've, we've dropped the Y off the end now. We're getting old. I'm 51 now. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> just I'm just Nick now, Jim. Yeah. I, I, I get to spell this myth. Nick Tanner doesn't sleep. He, he text messages me at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> in all fairness, in all fairness it's, it's great to chat to Jim, but, but yeah, Marshy said that to me when I roomed with him as well, getting up in the middle of the night. I think he thought I was having a Tommy Tank one night while I was doing sit ups. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to keep, you're trying to pick your record of keep you up six. Yeah, two. <laughs> but listen, dra- dragging back on topic again with, with you, Jim, you know, maybe you could give us a wee bit of, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about what you do at the minute. Maybe you can explain to the listeners what your actual role in football is at the minute and, and what you're up to. Well, I came back to uh, Northern Ireland about three years ago. Megal O'Neill enticed me back to, to work with the association. And again, long I've had a long association with the, uh, the IFA from schoolboys right up to senior international. I came back as a very jazzy Ted Lily performance director, which is a, a jazzy Ted for really an under-21 manager, putting <laughs> a, a youth structure to try and give our best young players in Northern Ireland, an opportunity to go on and have a career in a game. And again, I have a real strong affiliation with that, having come through from schoolboys right up, as I say, to senior, the senior game. And 
I'm forging a career in the game. So I'm very excited. Three years in three years, well, 45 young boys have gone across to England. We've only had one returnee and they're they're all on scholarships. They're all on a pathway. And ultimately, this is this program's about ensuring that at least at least one or two of them can come through and play for Megal Senior International Team, unless we can affect what happens at the top end of our pyramid, then we will we will struggle to be competitive. What Megal has achieved in the space of four years is nothing short of miraculous. And again, that's no disrespect to the players. The players have been tremendous, but largely down to the manager and his staff and the confidence that he's given these boys to go on and qualify for a major tournament. Incredible. And long, long may it continue. Long may it continue. But we'll touch on that later. I'll pass it over to Nick uh, and, and we can start off. Nick, far away, my man. I was going to ask Jim a question which is quite relative to ourselves. So how many out of those, Jim, have, have any of them gone to the Premiership clubs? Have any of, do any of the Premiership clubs sort of come to you or take an interest? Or do you, do you Yeah, great. it's a great question, Nick, because, again, three years ago, no. I think people in the Premier League, I think scouts in the Premier League were probably... Frightened to come and take a kid. You'd have to be exceptional. Of course, yeah. North Ireland's affiliation with England in terms of a best, a white side, a Jennings, you know, a Healy, for example. It, it, uh, I think they were they were suggesting that maybe that run had come to an end. Far yeah. from it. But, you know, what we have developed, again, is just increased contact time. We have seen an increase in the technical ability of these lads. And, and seven of these lads, we go to Victory Shield at the end of this week. And seven of the uh, 18 players have signed for Premier League clubs, not just on two-year scholarships, which is very important to us, Nick. Two-year yeah. scholarships, three-year pros, which gives them a bedding-in period. And you know what that's like. You know, yeah. Young lads coming over from Northern Ireland, they need a little bit of time to adjust. They're all little mummies, boys, even though that Egypt there is in Brazil. Well, once, we, <laughs> once, once we find their feet, we're okay. But it's it's what we're trying to do is in, in, to, to instill that resilience and, and and you know what it was like you you know because yeah. I lived through your period at Liverpool to a large extent coming from a Bristol club into a Liverpool it's very difficult it is very difficult to adapt you have to be well you have to be a bit like you in terms of your personality in terms of your resilience in terms of taking the knocks and coming back for more yeah. that's really really important I, th- I think one of the things that helped me and I think that's that's the difference when probably the lads go to a premiership club now there's nobody else there in the same sort of boat as them so it's all the situation where it's brand new for them whereas us at least I mean I, I used to like playing in the reserves more than going with the first team when I first yeah. went there because because I didn't, basically I didn't know anybody and yeah. it, it, it was a better lap but you were still learning the game and we were playing not just sat around no. or carrying the skips and stuff like when I was at Bristol Rovers just a quick quick question it was one of my biggest one of my biggest bugbears with Jerry Francis one of the reasons I left is I wanted to play all the time in them days there was one sub and he said to me one Friday I'm, I'm leaving you out tomorrow but you can go on the bench and I I sort of looked at him and said what's the point in having me on the bench like I, I knew yeah. there was a reserve game tomorrow because all the lads were laughing right off like they were going to Tottenham to play yeah to there and I just said I want to play as a young lad I just want to play I don't yeah. want to go so I went along and I played, in the, and I got a phone call on the Friday afternoon saying, "I've never heard anything like it that people don't want to come with the first team." But I just want to play. I'd rather play for the reserves. And um, anyway, we went up to Tottenham, we won two 0 and that was another story. But it's just it, it, it helps lads if they are they got a better career going through and and they're actually playing games. Whereas nowadays, yeah, you, one of the things is you see, you see lads sat on the bench week after week after week yeah. after. Happy big smiles. I was the same. I was a chef at Wednesday on the bench. Picking up a few quid, I detested it. Yeah. My value, my value at the end of the week was nil. Yeah. Nil and void. There was a void. Listen, we all want to play. 
understand that decisions have to be made. But at the end of the day, I was willing to forgo anything to do with money just to play games. That's why I ultimately yeah. I went to Ipswich. The other thing, the other thing I noticed in the game now, and I'm dealing with kids, is there's this like instant reward, instant success, instant gratification. There's no purposeful practice, no longevity, no loyalty to to their their job. Nick, forget yeah. their, their actual job. So the word professional comes before footballer. How many of them do you really think are that professional? You know, if a surgeon does his job 98% of the time, every time he goes into an operating theatre, you die. That's <laughs> so, 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 and that's the way I always looked at it. And, and the way we train, like, don't forget, the way we train replicated the way we played because we had a, a lunatic of a manager in Tottenham <laughs> who, was, who was brilliant, brilliant, but demanded it every day, demanded it every game. And and to be fair, that rubbed off on us, rubbed off on you. That's why that's why you went on to play and I didn't. <laughs> so so instead, like the apprenticeship I gained at Liverpool made me uh, a player, gave me a career in the game. Yeah. You know, ultimately, ultimately, when you leave a club of that stature, yeah, there's a few tears. But but when you look back on it, had I not had that apprenticeship, I would not have had a life in football. And I think that's lost now. I think yeah. we've talked about Tuesday night games and they're trying to recreate the wheel and DNA. The, the people who are writing DNA have never stood in a, never stood in a tunnel going out into a game. They have no idea of the emotion of the game. They have no idea what it takes to be a professional footballer. They have their idea. But how many times do you actually see ex-players contribute to the DNA of <laughs> an England or the DNA of... Nobody asks them. It's mind-boggling. It baffles the living daylights out of me. But, that, but that's the funny thing. What makes me laugh about it is even when they go out and get all these different managers coming in and, and you sit down, because the problem I find is that you've got a science gone away from it now where they are saying the science people should be running the game. But you know and I know it should be a bit of both, shouldn't it? So that you're giving something, we're giving something back. And, the, you know, all the scientists, whatever you want to call them, are giving something back as well. But it doesn't happen, like you said. It has moved on. But, like, you, you just touched upon it. You needed to play games. You, you you wanted to get into a rhythm. You wanted a manager to trust you, right? So you, you knew out of maybe 10 games, you maybe have two two bad games. But the manager yeah. didn't stop you. So, but okay, so rotations come into it. Sports science has come into it. There has been a lot about recovery strategies, a lot about rehab, prevent uh, injury prevention. So I buy all that. I do buy that, right? But ultimately, it's to get you on the pitch on a Saturday. So if you're resting during the week, and get you on the pitch on the Saturday. Well, that's super de duper because you want to yeah. play. You want to play forty games a season. You know, yeah. Roberto Carlos. There was a stat went out. I think he played ninety games in one in a calendar year. Nick, right? He won five <laughs> trophies. He won five trophies. He won. You know, Copa, Copa del Rey. He won the league, La Liga. He won uh, Champions League. He won the the, the Copa America, and then he won the World Cup. But nobody ever turned around and said, "By the way, he's knackered. Let's rotate him." No, nah, I, 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 I think I, I'm totally against it because I, I, I used to say, and you know, you know, everybody says the same. And I used to get baffled by our, our old friend Brendan. You know, yeah. Liverpool used to say, right, we're going to do this. They do pre-season and then they say every player needs six games to get up to speed. They give them six games to get up to speed. They play two league games and they say they're knackered. They got like, oh my know, god, we've got to drag him out of the team and say, hang on a minute, he's too tired now. And then, yeah. right, if that's the theory, then let him rest. And then he needs another six games to get up to speed. In my opinion, yeah. But he does. They, they throw him in. That's what I, I, I don't like Balotelli. I think he's a joke. I think he was a joke signing. But in a certain way, you can feel sorry for him because he's just sat on the bench, never plays, and then is expected to come into games where he's never played in any shape or form in any football 
and is supposed to perform. And I watched him at West Brom like that, and I was doing it for Radio Merseyside, and it was embarrassing. But the lad hadn't played it. It was like his first pre-season game where you don't yeah. judge him on that because it's, it's, they need to be playing in some sort of form, don't they? Yeah, 100%. And, and again, going back to our days at Liverpool, first-team players that didn't play on the Saturday played in the reserves. Yes. And that, or, and I, or turned up, some of them. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, but listen. <laughs> but when they give you ten minutes of their expertise, that ten minutes of their expertise yeah. enabled you to develop as a footballer. Yeah. Whether whether they're talking nonsense or not, but they actually talk you through the game. Don't move. We'll get you the ball. Stand there. Do not yeah. move. Or get on your bike or whatever it is they say to you. You know, the little pits. Like I, I played alongside Jan for a season in the reserves. That season was the best season I had in terms of player development. In any other season I had in football, Jan was a genius. He thought about the game. He was a magnificent footballer and he understood the game. And just playing alongside him helped develop me as a player. Do you know, so so where did, who did they get that night? How do players get that? They don't get that night. But that's that's what I mean. That's what I was saying. I've said on here. I've said it, I'd say Barnsley was the best to play, but then second was Jan. If Jan could have just got himself fitter, then he would have been an absolute amazing player. But you know, yeah. that's he was still a good player. Don't get me wrong. I said he was probably second best I played with. But yeah, it's that sort of little thing. But like you said, is is when they came down, you could either take it on board or you could just go, oh, he's a, you know can't be bothered listening. And it's the same with Tomo. You, you know, you know now. We used to run around the track before. Now I have never seen anything like it. I don't think any of these sports scientists would say. Hang on a minute. Yeah, let's let's get them running around the track like we used to on the bloody asphalt on the outside doing sprints. No. Go off the leads. Has anybody ever done that since? No, I don't think I ever felt as fit. <laughs> I know, but it's weird. Ever after? I don't think I've ever felt as fit because the competitive nature of training developed over years and years and years and years. Actually, the games were the games were a pleasure. The yeah. games were the fun part. But, and be it, it, when Liverpool came to town, everybody wanted to beat Liverpool. So yeah. you knew you knew you had to be on your toes. You had to have the pictures. You knew that people were going to shut you down. You were going to be put put under pressure. So so those games, and I, I remember playing. I played to thirty seven nearly thirty six and a half, right? And I remember playing the championship game game once, and I thought, and a full full circle thought, this is a joke. I I I I, I can play this game asleep. You know, and that competitive nature had gone. Yeah, it was exactly, Jim. That's what that's what I that's why I always say to people is, even afterwards when you leave, you realise Tomo was doing it for a reason. And and you know, I managed non-league for 10, 15 years and yeah. stuff like that. And you take little bits of what Tommy used to do, and take little bits of what everybody wants, wants to do. But you still, it gets rams down your throat nowadays that you right. have to do this, you have to do that in recovery. But what I'm saying is, I can't imagine anybody in this day and age. Remember, we used to turn up at the ground. Yeah. Two hours before we were leaving, and then run around the track, and then yeah. get a hot hot bath and jump on the bus yeah. and go and play. It was it was just it was baffled everybody yeah. while we were doing yeah. it. Somebody took the order for fish and chips, <laughs> so, yeah. or chicken and chips. Those were the three that you could have after the game. <laughs> Who's getting the beers was the most important one. Can yeah. we have beers, Tomo? No dietitians in those days, lads. No, no. <laughs> but but I'll tell you one thing, Dave. One thing is a myth that people think you didn't train hard. I mean, in the reserves, you trained. Tomo ran the nuts off us, believe you me. And even if we got beat, I can remember going back, and we used to all used to drop us up. Right, see you all tomorrow if we got beat somewhere. Yeah. And we still go out all together. We'd end up in some yeah. shitty nightclub with all the Irish lads and Marshy and me and Wayne Harrison and people like that. And Tomo yeah. would get us in the next morning. And we <laughs> remember the running Jimmy's thing. Yeah, the, the, oh. the coffin runs he used to do on a pitch where he'd have to yeah. run through the pylons 
But yeah, Tomo yeah. had a limp, and he thought he was quite fit, Tomo. But everybody could, everybody was fine, weren't they? They were up with Tomo running alongside. He didn't have him. a limp. He had a stone in his shoe. <laughs> but he but he used to run, try and run the asses oh you've been out drinking have you I'll give you something and he used to just run like hell we all used to just stay with him nobody struggled really we were but we just didn't let him know that no he just used to run <laughs> alongside him then in the end he used to just give it oh go on fuck off home he used to say to us yeah, <laughs> yeah he did yeah but again that's that's today par- uh, players and the agents get involved then you lose your job I can vouch for that <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I said. That's the that's the sad thing about it. When you got like yeah, yeah, Tory's a prime example in the, mm. in the moment at Man City. His agent said something. I mean, you would just turn around to your agent and say, "What the hell are you doing? Go and yeah. apologise so I can play for God's sake." Because it, yeah, it, it just ru- it's ruined the game, Jim. I think yeah, agents and the other like everyone's delighted he's lost ten pound. Well, you know, <laughs> okay, you know, get yourself get yourself together because you're a magnificent footballer. Yeah. You know? And you should be in that team if you're fully fit and you're at your playing weight or whatever that, and tell your agent to sling a hook. Yeah, but I, I, th- I think that's one of the things. I mean, you know, from what age group do you get them over in uh, in your we, jobs? Do you just pick them up at any age, or is it sort of under? Yeah, we, you know, well, what, what we have here is a, p- a pathway from our Premier School program, where we have thirty coaches in about one hundred and eighty odd schools in Northern Ireland, Premier Schools in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Then we have four regional centres where we narrow that down to say 20%. So we have 80 boys of one age group. Uh, yeah. And then they go into two centres geographically placed in Northern Ireland, one in Cookstown, uh, Middlesbrough Sports Arena. And then we use the Sports Institute of Northern Ireland where all our uh, best athletes go in Jordanstown, University of Ulster. And we have about 28, 29 lads who are on an SNC programme and two nights a week and on Sunday, they train with their club and play for the club, but we try and, you know, get uh, a relevant contact team that would replicate the same boy, same yeah. age. And, and, the, and the encouraging, as I say, the encouraging aspect of our programme is that out of those group now that will go to England next June, we've, we've, we've eight Premier League, going to the Premier League, two going to the Championship, and, yeah. you know, we go to Victor Shield at the weekend, and hopefully... For a week, and hopefully one or two more go. So we're looking at you know minimum ten go each year, and hopefully just whatever we're doing, hopefully it's helping. And ultimately, as I say, we we want them to play for a senior. Yeah, that's the exactly. But you rather you rather know the truth. Said you know if they're not good enough, tell us the truth rather than messing them around. So really well, speaking, you're you're like a mini club then, aren't you? Really, if you yeah, you're like yeah. you're like a no, we won't say Chelsea, but you're like a a big Premiership club. Yeah, but we can only work in parallel to the clubs in Northern Ireland. The clubs in Northern yeah. Ireland have done a fantastic job, from boys' club to the Irish Premier League clubs, simply because you know youth football was never really part of their mindset. It was all, especially for our Irish League clubs, who are working off you know semi pros and you know who are really trying to develop a pathway. So in in line with what we're doing, so two nights, two nights, two nights, one night game on a Saturday, you know, and then yeah. coming. With this can't happen without the cooperation of the club. Now again, that's taken time and communication, and obviously a little bit of fear taken away from them. But ultimately, we want them. If they're not going to play in England, they have a career in the game because yeah. football is our game. You know, it's in our blood. We love it. It's, yeah. it's, what we have, it's a drug. You can't. It's it's addictive. <laughs> and and we want we want these kids to enjoy. I want the kids to enjoy uh, a life in football as I did. And and if not, then the next best thing is that is to play uh, at their respective clubs here, which is competitive, and or just to play the game. Yeah, 
spread the gospel that we all are trying to do. Or they can be jockeys because horse racing is quite popular over there. Now, come on. <laughs> Jim, I was watching a bit, bits and pieces of, of, of your role there and what you're doing in the youth setup. And it was, I was an interview from, I think, 2014. It's a couple of years old. And I'm curious to see, has anything advanced with it? And you were basically saying the barriers that you were facing with, with Northern Ireland players is them actually getting game time for their teams. And the fact that you you know you're you're picking players, I could use you know one of our our ex Reds, Ryan McLaughlin there, um, yeah. who who was released by Liverpool and went to Oldham. And again, he, I think he's only played three or four times, so I'm not completely sure of that. But again, yeah. it, how important is it for these guys to be playing in the team for you at, at international level to be to be seeing them? Listen, I, I I had one full European campaign, and when we were doing the game game times, right, so the minutes played, I would say out of a squad of twenty two. Only two players uh, were playing. Oh, sorry, uh, the, the the players that were playing in my in that squad were Irish league lads. Their minutes were triple, quadruple the minutes played by lads in England. So Rand, for example, in a month may have played seventy minutes. Right? So and, and we're trying to compete against France, Ukraine, Macedonia, Scotland. Played Scotland in the opening game. All Scotland starting eleven had played a full preseason and played three or four games all for SDL clubs and or uh, a championship club. And to be competitive at this level, incredible, absolutely incredible. And these guys aren't playing regular football. And again, we have an international manager who comes in and, and speaks to the guys. Not many senior international managers will do afford board that time because they're very busy. But he goes and talks to them and says to them, guys, listen, you need to be playing you, yeah, they need to be playing for your host club. If not, get yourselves out and, and uh, on loan and get yeah. it. Now, it's easier said than done because you've got to convince a manager to take you on loan and hand over that trust to him. But the nature of our beast and the nature of the game is it's so cutthroat. You lose three games, you're sacked. So, <laughs> but you have to be that good a player. So, Rand, for example, who was brilliant in the under-21 campaign when he played, couldn't potentially finish a game. You knew after 60, 70 minutes... Ryan would struggle simply because of his lack of games. His quality in the games were good, but you could only imagine if he had played, say, 10, 15, 20 games, how his levels of quality would have risen through just competitive games. Yeah, that's that's what we were saying before, Dave, about the get, getting games. You need to get games somewhere, even you know, but there's too many players are happy to sit around, not saying yeah, but, but, like, people the, like the, that, the, but they... Some of them don't want to play, being honest. <laughs> this is a problem, no, no. and I'm sure Jim will back me up on it as well. You know, we have Kyle Lafferty there in, in the, the main national team who can't yeah. get a game at Norwich and is having to do an impact sub role 30 minutes on Michael using him. To be honest with you, he's been, as uh, the qualification for the Euros, and he was our top scorer. He's a man yeah. you want to see on the pitch as much as you possibly can, but he's not getting the game time. And for, for an international fan, it's so frustrating. It's heartbreaking. I had the Cardsburg trip during, uh, during the Euros. So I was given freedom... Freedom. Where was my invite before we go any further? <laughs> I know. It was uh, <laughs> friends and family, Nick. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was to go and watch the games, right? And largely to watch uh, our uh, opponents, but, but to go and watch as many games. Listen, the standout, and I mean it, Nick, the standout attribute that these, like, they're conditioning levels now through the roof. They, they, are, they are machines to a large extent, you know, and watching Germany play... You know, they are on a completely different level, yeah. absolutely different level. But for Northern Ireland to compete, one, you have to look at their conditioning aspect. We, you know, for large parts of games, we're going to be chasing the ball or we're going to be well-organised, conserve energy, and then play in the counter-attack. Yeah. If you have 
And Kyle was magnificent during qualifying and a, and a real talisman for us. But if you've got someone, when you get to that level, the next level, so these, so you get through your qualifying, this is the elite level of UEFA competition, right, at international level. Well, you know that you're coming up against a Hummels, a Boateng. Yeah. You know, the one thing you're going to have to be is fit. You can, so, so when you're not playing again games, it's very, very difficult to compete. If you're conditioned enough, right? And we, um, and, and that's not to say any, take anything away. We were physically brilliant. The, 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 again, the comparison from game one to game two, we covered 10 kilometers more game two. You know, what's, what's in the game? Like, I know it's, but in the game, like you go, actually, we beat Ukraine. We beat Ukraine. And, and if that's just simply a matter of, yeah. yeah, and we and there's an argument that well, you don't listen. The ball never sweats, you know. It run, run headlessly, you know. But there was there was a real concerted effort to deliver more on the pitch through through running capacity. And well, this is this is yeah, exactly. So this is why I'm saying to people about England. You know, I mean, I'm looking at Klopp now and under Brendan Rodgers and different people before they weren't fit enough. Do you know what I mean? And they weren't. And they, and all I keep hearing from people is about recovery and about this and about that. But you need to get them to a level of fitness before you can start and do all that. And yeah. and I've seen the England team go over there. No disrespect to anybody. You know, Wayne Rooney's, in my opinion, is overweight. He could be much fitter. Right. Ross Barkley looked, he looks like one of the Teletubbies when he's playing, even in the Euros he did, and, and he wasn't 100% fit. And I think that's why Koeman's left him out now, because he doesn't look fit to me. He looks, they look, he looks massive. Do you know what I mean? Thick set yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And then we, and then we take Jack Wilshire. Now, <laughs> I'm that, thinking to myself... Mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Do you know, I, I just but I but the, one of the things I always say to people is you get you, you get your fitness levels, and I think Klopp's done it now. They're saying, oh, he's overtraining this this scientist in is it uh, Dave? You were we were chatting about it the other day. This yeah. chap over in Holland, I think it is, and it says that Klopp shouldn't be doing this because he's getting injuries. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. He's getting injuries. He shouldn't be doing this. Should be. He's doing all right from 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 where I'm yeah. looking at it. The lads look as though they can outrun any team. They look as yeah. though they can beat anybody. They're the strongest team finishing, bar, and we're getting but, criticism. But, 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 but Nick, they're, they're using the stat against Klopp now of the seven finals that he's lost in finals, that he's run his squad into the ground at the tail <laughs> end of a season and so on. And, and yeah. that's the narrative. You know, it, it, they're against Guardiola. It's only a matter of time before they turn yeah. against Klopp. You know what I mean? And two magnificent, magnificent coaches, progressive and, and the yeah, British but who's having just, a go at them, Dave? Who's having a go at them? The press, These sports but, scientists but, trying to, yeah, but they're well, trying to make a, they're trying to make a living out of telling people that this is how people run. I know, but I'll put it this way: Jim knows as well. There's Steve McManaman, Mike Marsh, me and Jim. Me and Jim at uh, a pie and chips. We probably put weight on. But McManaman and Marsh, you could eat ten pie and chips and not put an ounce on. That's just how they're built. Their their physiology, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So. In our day, Steve McManaman could run more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. I mean, yeah. I, I was well, quite that's because he's work. lighter. He was lighter than me. He's the only person I've ever met with skinnier legs <laughs> than me. And that's <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is they, they couldn't have turned around to Steve McManaman. I guarantee you, they couldn't have turned around to him and said, "Oh, we've looked at your stats and put one of them stupid belts around his uh, thing." Otherwise, yeah. they'd make a fortune if they could bottle that and say to women, "Here you are. We're going to give you a bit of Steve McManaman's sweat or something, and you'll lose twenty stone." You can't. It, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No. Otherwise, everybody, everybody. In my opinion, I, I look at I horse racing. I like betting on that, right? And trainers, they can all get horses fit, but you have to get them race sharp. And everybody does something different. Same with yeah. footballers, because otherwise, if it was a science, every single team would be at the same fitness level. Everybody, they would just all run for, and they do all the same amount of running because that's how fitness is. That's how, but managers got to manage how players are playing in different aspects of the game because we could all run. Yeah. It's not like the Olympics. It's not the Olympics. It's football. So taking, you can run take, all day. Yeah, so taking that into consideration, Nick, and you look at the money spent at the highest levels of the game, 
And it's that little, so it's that game of inches, right? These lads then should be, if, if everything is in place in terms of their rehab and how they refuel after games, et cetera, et cetera, then they should be bang at it every week. Exactly. <laughs> so, rotation, so rotation shouldn't really play. Like Leicester win the champ, Leicester win the Premier League last year. He used, I think he used 14 players or something. Yeah. Like that. You know, so if that isn't testament to keeping an unchanged state, I don't mean, I don't know what will. If that isn't enough evidence to say or suggest that continuity, feeling comfortable with your playing partners yep. and relationships, because it is all about that. If you if you play at centre half Nick and constantly change a centre half partner every other week, then you you would be it would be a disaster for you. Because exactly. I, I keep telling people, I'm glad you come on and you're coaching and understanding and let, let people listen. But you, you need to, honestly, fans are great. I love them. They're brilliant on Twitter and stuff like that. And I, yeah. and I, but I think to myself, you, you've got to understand that, you know, they're going on about Lovren. They want to kill Lovren when, when Rogers were at him playing. But, but he had him playing on the left hand side, which he's back playing again now. And I don't like him. He's better on the right hand side. But yeah. he's got him playing on the left hand side. And when, when Klopp came in, I know from my own mistakes, I went playing centre-back. Jim will tell you, I went to centre-back. I was, I, funny enough, I played left-back or I, at Rovers, I played centre-midfield, just breaking the play up and getting the ball and I could run up and down. But I had to go back there. Now, it, honestly, if you try and do something, you can at the back, it's a, it's a certain goal. I can remember against Arsenal, one of the first games I played in the last season I played under, under Suey, Ian Wright was playing for them. I went to be clever and pass it and all that. And I made a mistake, went to pass it, then changed my mind, passed it about a yard. He nipped in and scored. Now, if I was at Bristol Rovers, I'd have just launched it. Jim Jim knows I can launch it miles, which I should have done. But I was trying to play because I'm at Anfield and everybody's saying you've got to play. And every time you hit it long, you get the crowd booing you and stuff like that. And it just changes your mindset. That's what Leverham was doing. That's why I say to people, I relate to him because I could see what he was doing under Rodgers thinking... He's asking me to. He's asking me to play the West Ham goal when he gives that goal away when he yeah, there is over in this, the corner. Yeah, there is this. I do what you're good at. He's judged as a defender. There is this idea in the game of play, play, play. Yeah, and nobody played more than us. But but you could always hear Ronnie. And you hooked it on. Good decision, son. Good. Yeah. I I think sometimes the culture being created through academy football and all this creates bad decision makers because they overplay in the wrong areas. Yeah. Now if you're if you're if you're built up a club like a Barcelona, for example, who have created their own identity over many, many, many years in terms of how they bring their kids through their system. Yeah. Totally different. Because when they go out onto their pitch, they understand, everybody understands their roles and responsibilities. Everybody. So, so, So that is a different mindset. But they have a philosophy. But don't talk about me about philosophies when, when coaches, yeah. they coaches talk about philosophies. Listen, Socrates and Aristotle, not the Socrates play for Brazil. The, yeah. the yeah, they they wrote philosophies. You know, the game the game is about good decision makers, and the yeah. more good decision you make on the pitch, will will define what level you play at. Well, that, I, I, <laughs> well, you know, because you manage and you know how many times you got a centre half there, and you would say to it. <laughs> What you're trying to do, you ain't got to invent the wheel with centre backs. They've got to defend. I know everybody says, Oh, we wanna now we want Alan Hansen, or we want this, and we want to replace yeah. Alan Hansen and stuff. But what what I mean, I, I only see it from from looking in and doing stuff and having, like I said, managed myself and played back there, and I and think I'm half good at coaching defenders and stuff. Some of the things that they're still trying to do yeah. are still in the game. But if you just said to somebody, look at Leicester, Jim at the nail on the head, right? Leicester, there are two centre backs who and Morgan, come on, they wouldn't get in anybody else's team before last season. They're struggling again now. But all they did was their job last year. 
they got there, they edited it out, and they smashed yeah. it as long as they could. And that's There's what they no, did. No, now, no, finer, no, no finer team doing that than Northern Ireland national team. I, I, I will but add but as that's well. how you win stuff. It's yeah. about winning. I, I, I said to people before is what they got to understand. And Jim at the now and yet again, he just said that the, the DNA of Barcelona is great. I mean, look at Man City now. Everybody's now cottoned on how to beat them. He just and because they were on the television, mentioned it. Ryan Giggs was on Sky Sports, Jim, saying how to beat Liverpool when they played against Liverpool. I don't know whether you saw it, but all you got to do yeah. is knock it long to beat the press. So now everybody's yeah. cottoned on to that. Yeah. That's right, exactly right. Listen, the other the other aspect about you know the clubs creating identities and this and that, we talk about you know in Northern Ireland we talk about the identity of, of, of a, a young player, but but if a defender, a young boy from Northern Ireland going across, if he's a defender, first and foremost, I say to him, you're going to be judged on how you defend one v one. Yeah. If you are athletic and you've got pace and you can get forward and you can deliver. Wonderful. I'm only looking at you as a 1v1 defender and, and your roles and responsibilities, whether you're centre-half, full-back or whatever, because that's how you want to be judged. You yep. feel players, can you play on the half-turn? Can you play forward? Set, you know, Attacking players, what are they like in 1v1 situations? Because ultimately, that's where they're going to be pigeonholed. That's where they're going to be judged on a certain criteria the moment they cross cross the water and go into a club. Because see, at the moment they go in, so for example, a young boy goes as a defender, if he's if he's a crap one v one defender, then he ain't gonna play on your team, mate. He's not. No, exactly. They, they, that's what I said. I said the other day as well. And and unfortunately for centre backs now, it's not like it used to be. It, it, they get isolated one on one, which you would never do in the old days. You would have one yeah. fullback going forward and make sure you got three yeah. marking two. And even Over. at a lower level, you'd do it and you'd, you'd say, "Hang on, you shouldn't be going." That's what I can't understand. When Klopp first went there, when he was still playing Moreno, I thought he's got to see that because I could see it a mile off. You just say to Moreno, "Get one of the centre halves." Just say, "You ain't going anywhere. Stick there." I mean, I had. When I played for Bristol Rovers, I had Vaughan Jones and Phil Baker, two old Welsh internationals yeah. playing at the back. And if I ran over the halfway line, I'd get beat up after the game. What are you doing? You cover us. When we go. And it was yeah. one of them. And yeah, that's what I, we need now. Yeah. And Steve Foster, Steve Foster was coming to yeah. us. <laughs> Fuzzy was playing centre-half with Andy Melville, who was an up-and-coming young player at the time. Yep. I was international and went on to play many, many times for his country. And I played in front of Fuzzy. Fuzzy wouldn't allow. You look up. He would not allow his fullbacks to go forward. No. Like it was basically no. You're never going to hate. <laughs> and you go, Fuzz. Listen, we've got the ball. Don't care. It was basically I don't care. And Fuzzy, Fuzzy was a, a great player and a really brilliant talker, especially for. And he was your eyes and ears on the pitch. Yeah. For a central midfield player, and again, older player teaching a younger player the game. Yeah, and I, and I I can remember because we used to go through drill after drill. We had Bobby Gould first of all doing it, and then we had Jerry Francis doing it. And and honestly, a Tuesday used to be just everything pattern to play out from the keeper. You don't move there, you can't go there. And it was like a like it's like a routine, a song. The left back gets it off the keeper. You look up, see Devon White. You hit it in the channel, and it that thing doesn't happen at a higher level. That's what I was saying. Is you can take some of it, I think, because I still yeah. think some of that can be used in the Premiership. And if yeah. if if managers sort of went back to the old guys and said, well, hang on, we're letting too many goals in, let's get so many. But, but you know, I know that Steve Bold said to bloody uh, Arsene Wenger, what you need to do, boss, is make sure the fullbacks don't, oh, we're not doing that. You just let them carry it. But you can't yeah. expect central defenders to have their, to, to play as well as they're supposed to do. The goal, yeah. Stevie G, whenever he keeps mentioning about the slip, Jim, wouldn't have happened 20 years ago because you wouldn't have had the two centre-halves on the, on the corner of the box for a start. Your two centre-halves, it baffles me when they do it to get the ball off the keeper. One yeah. goes on the edge of the one side of the box. One's on the other side of the box, so you're not, what, 40 yards apart. Ronnie Moran would call Alan and Alan Hudson. 
He said, yeah, and, and what do you teach defenders? Uh, always, always think he's going to slip over. Always think he's going to miss it. So he yeah. should have been on your guard. But that's what it just, honestly, it baffles me when they go back. And again, you manage the international level and yeah. I watch the international team play and they're telling me that what you need for an international manager is a great coach. Absolute rubbish. You don't get a, you don't get 10 players from different yep. clubs all around, the, all around the country coming, turning up and then the coach going, right. I've got three days with you now. So what we're going to do, here's me maps, here's me things. This is what we're yeah. going to do. I'm going to teach you how to play football now. They've been with their clubs. They know what they're doing. They're not going to change in three days no. to be... Yeah. So you, you say put... to them, here's yeah. the system I want you to play, like you've done it, Northern Ireland. Here's the system yeah. we want you to play. I want you to fit into that. This is what we're going to do. I'm not going to ask you to do miracles because I've only got you for three days. So we yeah. just get organised, have a, have a bit of shape, yeah. have a good laugh, bit of team spirit, and then you're back. And that's what wins your games. And that's what I can't understand with England. Which, where we're, which, the, manager, which the manager has done brilliantly and yeah. the other thing he's done is that he has done the, his homework on the opposition his yeah. attention to detail he's really meticulous Nick so he will give you a guide and he'll give you so you're a centre centre half he'll yeah. give you a breakdown of, of the opposition centre forwards thing but not like not like useless <laughs> yeah. no, can't run <laughs> donkey little details Here, here's like five clips where he turns this say he never yeah. goes so so all of a sudden you're ready for that yeah ready. But that's like preparing for a normal game in the league football you you should do that shouldn't they and that's what I'm saying but what managers what coaches seem to think is that they can turn players from that week so you were going away say you were playing at Liverpool and yeah. you went with Northern Ireland and you've yeah. been coached that Liverpool way they're going to then t- teach that out of you to go a different they're not they shouldn't no. No, you know, and all these foreign coaches come over and they tell us how we're, oh yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then you see yeah. them doing it, and you think that ain't going to work at international level. You don't no. need that. You need you need Harry Redknapp or or Michael O'Neill or somebody like that with a bit of personality. It's going to say to the lads, yeah. oh, you're having a great season. Do you, do you want to do some training? Do you want to get fit? Yeah. That's what man management and 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 international management is all about. Not not coaching. Yeah, here's, here's here here's how the opposition play, and here's how we're going to win the game. Exactly, and let's have a, let's just get organised, you know, free yeah. kicks and stuff like that. I'm st- yeah. again still amazed that that teams like Liverpool and all that still haven't sorted out free kicks. And I I watch it, Jim, and you you yeah. must watch it. And one of the yeah. things I would say to any coaches I've ever had is make sure that you coach kids about free kicks and and learn about nows, i.e. taking the free kick when you're on the edge of the box with a, a left foot and a right foot player on it. Ask any goalkeeper in the world. What's easier? One bloke stood there like Stephen Gerrard ready to just run up and drive it or two, maybe three blokes so it's a bit more of an option where yeah. to put the wall. Shall I put the wall? But they don't do it. You watch the Premiership. they got one bloke taking it. Rooney stands on it and I'll take this. The keeper's laughing his head off. Yeah, yeah. There no, there's no invention. There's no... It's a fair point. Again, going back to Megal and, and, and he spends more time on his set pieces than that and it's, yeah. no, Brilliant. And it's no coincidence that we score goals, lots of goals. So, so again, that's a tick in the box for him. But you're right. I don't think enough thought. I think sometimes with with footballing possession based teams, set pieces get in the way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Corners yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> actually get it. There's no no surprise that Barcelona when they, they play short. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Unless unless they got Messi on the edge of the box, he bends in the top corner, or it goes back. And they're, they're back on the. There's no point in the centre backs going up because it either goes in the net or yeah. it hits the wall, and they're back at defending. There ain't no invention or anything. No, so it is. It is a point that uh, was raised. We went to a conference there uh, as a debrief after after the Euros. I forget the percentage, and I should really have that. But the high percentage of goals scored from set pieces had risen yeah. the previous European Championships. So, so there is, a, I think, there is a concentrated effort now from coaches to plan that because, I, again, taking your point, you look at you look at 
hire certain teams to set up to defend the corner. And you go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're licking your lips. This is why, again, yeah. goes with it. you think, listen, we can win this game through set pieces alone. We can actually win the game. We set up the game. We set up, yeah, obviously we're going to set up to win the game. But see if we see if our set pieces, see if our delivery spot on, see if our runs are spot on. We actually have a way to win the game, guys, which is free. Jim, that's one of the things everybody's moaning about zonal marking and stuff like that, and blaming individuals and stuff again. Do you know what I mean? I was somebody on bloody Twitter the other day was saying about it. we let another goal in from a free cut. I said it's not individuals, it's working on it as a team. So and I all the teams I've managed, I've always said to the keeper, You are what do you want? from this because at the end of the day that box should be his the six yard box should be his anyway do you want one on the post do you want so you have to go to the keeper and ask him what he wants first of all and then if you don't agree with it you can say but more more or less the keeper knows because most of them are cowards and they just want the six yard box covered in by people so they ain't got to come out yeah. and they'll they'll organize it and then let them organize it and that's what i said about free kicks look so i might have a job with the irish fa coming over there and doing the free <laughs> kicks for you no, no, but I- our set pieces are fine, so you you could be an entertainment manager, but definitely. <laughs> hey, if I see Northern Ireland with two, not two people on every free kit, you're in big trouble. Yeah, we will be in big trouble. Don't worry. We are. <laughs> but no, do you know what I'm saying? If you ask a goalkeeper about certain things like that, and you say to them, "How do you want the free kicks up?" Look yeah. at Oops for argument's sake. Look at my keeper. We used to have. Yeah. What was what was Oops? Six, the biggest keeper I probably ever played with. Six yeah, foot yeah. And He would say, "Stand there," but I'd never see a keeper doing that now. I'd never seen a goalkeeper pulling them around and, and you stand oh. there and make sure you they don't talk even. Carrius yeah, <laughs> looks as though he's frightened to death. He yeah. can't get his arms up because he's scared. Yeah. Ah, give, him him give him a chance. No, give no, him no. A chance. Dave, 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 <laughs> Dave, listen, listen. He's made his decision about the keepers. I think between the two of them. We, we might have a keeper between the two of them if they came together, but I wouldn't say, and I'm sure Jim as a manager would say exactly the same, you're not 100% confident on either of them at the moment. Well, I think it's been highlighted in the games. Obviously, yes, given this, but, but I'll tell you, there is no there's no heading place for anybody now in the modern game. So the emphasis on the goalkeeper at Liverpool currently is that, see if you put the ball in the box, you, yeah. you might have a chance. That's and opposition point. managers know that, Dave. That's what they're saying. That's what we're saying is that. But he, they they make the same mistakes. That's what makes me laugh. It's as though they've been trained by the same guy, or they they train together, and they both well, they both come out and then. <laughs> there's a point I was going to make to you because you know certainly from the fans' perspective in this Twitter sphere or whatever way you want to call it, it all comes back to Achterberg. Uh, the goalkeeping coach, and he is blamed for everything at Liverpool. We have struggled with goalkeepers for a while now, but I would make a point as well. If Alex Ferguson had a dump the gear. Uh, for the mistakes that he made when he first came to the Premier League. This is why I'm, I'm erring on the side of caution with Carrius. I'm prepared uh, no, to we, no, we, uh, Not once have I ever said, get rid of Carrius. If you, if you, you know, I've no, always I, said. I, I just think he needs time to adapt. No, to I, exactly. But you know, unfortunately, if you're going to win the league, you haven't really got that time to let people bet in. And then at the end of it, go, we lost by, by four goals this season. Four mistakes by not carriers, but a goalkeeper has cost us the league. But but then I, if you I look at you, when you he look, him. yeah, but you look at the stats of Mingale last season, he cost fifteen points. No, I, I'm not so, saying I've Mingale. I'm not saying you know, I, I'm saying if it was me, in my opinion, I don't know what Jim thinks. In my opinion, I'd have got a world class, experienced goalkeeper and spent some money on one. That's only my I opinion. Not, not what Klopp does. But then Jim, Jim, he can't play because um, Klopp was saying the other day that Carrius is better with his feet than Mignolet. And, and again, we go back to what we said before about yeah. defenders. Put, put, We're not worried about that. We're worried about their hands. He can't use his hands. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Listen, the, the, I, I used to get my stead reports from goalkeepers. Good shots. <laughs> Good shots. Oh, Jim, come oh, on. Yeah. Dippity do that. He has a pair of gloves on. He's a goalkeeper. He should be a good shot stopper. Oh, I love it. So, I love so, that. The, the, the other, the other, the other aspect of that is again, you know, psychologically, right? And it, and and the game is played between our ears. 
Yeah. The, the, the confidence, the, your confidence can be wiped out in a second if you if you aren't a certain type. But as I'm just pointing out, they're, they're highlighting every every weakness that the boy has at the moment. And his weakness is crosses. So yeah. people will then build on that, pick up on that. Commentators will say it at every opportunity. So again, there is no real area. There, there is only one area that this boy has to work at at the minute. Yeah. So that's where your goalkeeping coach comes into play. So John does have to come into play with that. Okay, so everyone's talking about, let's deal with that. And the other thing, I do have a certain degree of sympathy for goalkeeping coaches and wash my tongue out with soap here. (laughs) When a goalkeeper drops a clanger, the manager turns around and looks at the goalkeeping coach and goes, what is is (laughs) You've got it and I've done it. And he goes, uh, and Mark Rosley used to say to me, well, I don't know. He's out there. You don't have a goal when the centre half falls over it or someone <laughs> gives a pass. And you go, yeah, that's a good point. We don't. Goal but you can't. You can't. But you can't replicate a goal. You can't replicate crosses. Everybody tries. I mean, I can remember with Oops. He was the. He was one. He used to do. I mean, I can see Mike Cooper doing the same as Carrius and and Mignolet going. You know, when they come out and then they get they swirl round and it goes over their head and they. And I can yeah. remember Oops doing his jump and and that <laughs> yeah, sort of jump yeah. when they've missed it. And you think, yeah. surely, yeah. just stay on your line. Don't bother. It. But, but. but I think I think the difference with hoops, had you put a bargain bucket above it? <laughs> yeah, or a pint of lager. No, a bargain bucket or, or a McDonald's, <laughs> he would have caught everything. Jim, so, I can say by fact and by knowledge, because he used to live in the road from me, if you remember. Yeah. He, his favourite, which yeah. we used to have quite often, yeah. <laughs> chicken fried rice. <laughs> right, a chicken omelette. Dave, you listening? Chicken fried rice, a chicken omelette with chips and curry sauce across the top. Yeah. Now you would think he would fit them in the tray, but they weren't like a tray, and then he would put them all in. They were individual, so it'd be chicken fried rice and an individual one, and chicken omelette and chips. So it would stack <laughs> up about like a loaf of bread. It would be that high, and he'd eat the lot. <laughs> he was, he was, friendly. Oh. he was a decent. <laughs> Where is he now? I have no idea. We can't find him. We're looking for him. I want to get him on air, but we just can't find him anywhere. Get him on. He'd be brilliant. Okay, okay, Jimmy can't find him. I saw him. I, I was at um, Sedgefield Races once, and he came up and he had a baby in his arms. Said, looked at me. <laughs> I went, Roscoe. I went, bloody hell, he's, well, he's got a baby. Ah, oh, it's a long story. And then he walked off. He said, I'll see you in a minute. I've never seen him again. <laughs> he, they said he was on the doors or something in a Durham nightclub the last week. Oh, so if anybody knows, anybody listening to this knows where Mike Cooper is, give us a shout because we want to get hold of him. But Brilliant, brilliant. But yeah, that's what I said. Is that we're not blaming the goalkeeper, Dave. What we're saying is that I, I don't mind who he picks, but he's got to stick with whoever he picks now. Because if he would have the other day, there was some debate: would he put Mignolet back in? He wouldn't. He's no. not going to turn. He's not going to play him for two games and then go, Mignolet, you're back in. Simon, you're back in next week because that'll destroy Carriers and and Mignolet. And it goes, knows what's going it goes on. again. It goes against everything we've we've said at the start of the yeah. show. So it'd be yeah. quite critical to talk about getting into a rhythm, playing continuously. You're going to have, again, it's better than Premier League is totally different. And playing at Anfield is totally yeah. different. And, he's get, and again, he's getting used to his centre-back. So hopefully Matip and Lovren stay fit so they can get a bit of an understanding together. They can work together on different things. And it yeah. does make it 10 times easier when the goalkeeper and the two centre-backs play every game, as yeah. Leicester proved last year. So like Jim said, well, if would, you keep swapping, would you're you never going to get that. With your management experience, you know, there's a bit of a momentum grow, uh, starting to build up at Liverpool at the minute. And, you know, the, uh, with momentum comes expectation. 
And I think that could be something that Carius is going to have to deal with as well. If this can run a form, you know, he's meant to be a great shot star, but those who have watched him in the Bundesliga, so that, <laughs> we don't get any shots. We, we don't get any shots. We, we, we haven't had anything to judge the kid on at the minute. No. You know what I mean? Um, just his errors. He hasn't done but it's like Jim, that's, it's like Jim said just now, though. No, no disrespect, Dave. That's like saying that bloke, the centre half, he's a great editor of the ball. Yeah, that's right, no, saying that because it is there. It is part of their DNA, mind to be actually be able to shot stops because <laughs> stop shots, shot, shot stops. Easy for you to say, <laughs> but, but that's but that's what Jim said. Then you look at something outside of that to turn around and go, what else can he do? And apparently, and this is only from what I can see and I can hear from other managers, is they turn around and say that goalkeepers now have got to play like that. Now that's fine, but like Jim said, as an opposing manager. You then work on the weakness of Liverpool. So you turn around, or not Liverpool, but Man City, their keeper as well, the same problems, and yeah. say, right, we'll identify that. All we got to do, lads, is keep three up. Don't let them have it out at the back, and then they won't be able to play. And, and Jim's coach, I've coached, and I used to have a, a, an FA coach with me, Jim, who he coached kids for God knows how many years, and he came up to, to Winterbourne where I managed, and he got those maps out, and all. I said, these boats have just come off the building site. I think they'll go getting all these flip charts out and all that. He's going, yeah. I'll do this, I'll do that. And one of the lads hit the nail on the head. He turned around, he said, that's brilliant, that is. He said, but don't forget, they'll have another bloke in the other changing room who's done exactly the same course as you, who's now weekly I've got to go on a pitch and play against them because we were doing shadow pattern of play and all that. Yeah. He said, that's great. It looks good. And he was going, well done, lads, well done, lads. And <laughs> this lad said, what about if there's 11 players against us so it's not going to be that easy? <laughs> I was looking at him, I thought, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. It's absolutely <laughs> And they all, they listen, coach them when they're winning. It is a confidence thing. Coach players when they're winning. Yeah. Because... They're they're bubbling, they're confident. They're it must be a joy at, at Liverpool at the moment. So they'll buy into everything at the minute, right? When you're losing games, players can't sleep. You can't sleep. They're thinking about every game. They were playing moments in the game. Well, we did, but you were playing moments in the game, and 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 actually being around. Sometimes being in the, around the building can be an uh, inhibiting factor, you know. Yeah. So 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 it is all about confidence. It is all about confidence in your teammates. It is all about once you go out onto that part you have this feeling that you're going to win the game. It's a and I think, I think that's what Klopp's good at as well, Jim. I think he actually turns around and says, and he's quite a loyal chap, and I think he turns around and says, I mean, we all know that if everybody's fit, the more or less the back four he's going to play. Yeah. That's going to be the same. I mean, Milner's coming and done a fantastic job back. He's like an old-fashioned left back, so that's great. So he's yeah. not going to change them round just for the sake of it, especially in the Premiership, no. because that's what is... Right, stick with that. And I think he's one of their managers who just does that. And the only places you've got to worry about, I think, is up front. Because, again, Sturridge scored two the other night. Yeah. He won't, he won't worry about that. He won't go, he scored two. Because he knows Firmino probably would have scored two as well. Or or, or yeah. somebody else would have gone in there and scored two. So people going, oh, Sturridge should start next game because he scored two. No, he shouldn't. Because the no. team won the week before. And he's resting them. And they were magnificent. Yeah, they, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I and I just think he's one of their managers who, who remembers yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. And listen, the added bonus too of that is that when you're looking over your shoulder and you've got to make a change yeah. to win the game or to see the game out, you're looking over your bench now and you're going, yeah, I actually can do both here. And that and that is so important for a manager. When you look and you go, actually, he is yeah. going to be there. So Origi, for example, was brilliant the other night too. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there is an opportunity. The, the, the momentum that's being built, the squad that's being gathered is a squad now that's looking to be competitive at the highest at the highest end so it's so you can actually say taking the point of expectations these guys are getting paid extraordinary amounts of money and good luck to them yeah 
to get ready for that expectation. This should not intimidate them. More, it should motivate and inspire them to win a trophy now because money is no object to them. It's, it's done. At, yeah. Once that's done, that contract goes into your drawer. Now you're getting it. Now it's about, okay, now they've put themselves in this wonderful position to playing really, really good, good football, disciplined as well, but a, a shape that allows rotation and a shape that allows that creativity, Coutinho, Firmino, Adam Alana and I playing out of his skin. You know, yep. there is, and, and they have, as you say, defensively really become a solid unit. And then we still, that's what makes me laugh. We're still getting criticised for the defence. There's nothing wrong with the defence, but more people keep chatting about it. Yeah. The, the elephant ain't in the room. So they, to get that out of your head, all the supporters need to get it out of their head. Yeah. And when they blame when they blame the defence for set pieces, it's not the defence. It's not the defence. It's the team. That's why I said I, I was quite surprised the other day that he didn't bring Origi on for set pieces and stuff when they were against West Brom because you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to yeah. get bombarded and stuff at the end. So yeah. bring somebody a bit bigger on to defend the... Fr- yeah. but, but, you know, that, we're not bad defended in play. I mean, somebody said, I think we, we haven't, we've only let one goal in since wherever it was in mm. play. Yeah. But So if all we got worried about is letting goals in from set pieces and, like I said to somebody the other day, it's been an age-old thing through the club, but it didn't stop us winning stuff. Wimbledon, the goal of getting the cup final. I know everybody says about John Aldridge's missed penalty, but their goal came from a flick at the near post from Laurie Sanchez from a corner. Yeah. But the thing that... Piece. The thing that Brucey... We watched Brucey, right? But the, the thing that Brucey had was that he had this unbelievable character. Mistakes <laughs> did not affect him. He would still take unbelievable chances to come out and be so courageous and brave. And again, when you have a, a goalkeeper that is prepared to do that, then you know that you're going to have moments. You're definitely going to have moments. But did it stop any Liverpool manager from picking him? No. No. What did it? Would it have? Would would Alan Hansen, Gary Gillespie, or, or Stevie Lawrence and yeah, Lawrence and did they? Yeah, they knew they were dealing with an absolute lunatic, <laughs> but a wonderful, a wonderful lunatic in terms of his athleticism, his courage, you know. And is he? Was he maybe flawed technically? Maybe. Well, uh, you know, I can't say that, but I, I, I don't know the first thing about goalkeeping. But yeah. did he make save? Of course he did. He made it because of his... I was lucky enough to play with him at uh, Southampton and then a little bit later at Sheffield Wednesday. He was... Because he had a personality, Nick. He had a character. He was someone... When you were in the trenches, you thought... Yeah, get him in. I am so glad he's with me. I, I could remember... I scored like, the own goal at against Luton and Anford, obviously, but that was one mistake with it. But I would always say about Bruce and all keepers I've ever had again and managed and stuff, I'd rather have the keeper come out every single time and then defenders yeah. know he's going to do it and make yeah. one mistake. People people only, again, we're going back to highlighting defensive mistakes. Yeah. People only see when Bruce dropped the ball on the floor and somebody taps it in. They don't yeah. see the 400 and other times he came out because Alan Anson couldn't edit <laughs> and catch it and then roll it out and we're off playing. So you only remember your mistakes, unfortunately. And, He's going to make mistakes. That's that's the beauty of the beast being a goalkeeper, being a defender. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. If a striker, if a striker, yeah. it's the crossbar like Ronnie Rosenthal at Aston Villa that game. Yeah. We could have still drew the game nil nil. Whereas if Bruce makes a mistake or a defender, it's a goal. We lose one nil. You can't yeah. lose games by missing chances, but you can can lose them by letting one in at the back. So, but yeah. and but that's but you know you'd rather have him coming out. And that's I'm sure that's what Klopp said about Carriers. You just keep doing it, mate. Don't worry about it. He's not going to turn around yeah. and give him a bollocking. No, no, no. I agree. I totally agree. And I, and again, without laboring the point, he's bedding in, and he, and he will get better. There's no yeah. doubt. 
No, we will. We'll be chatting this time next year, Dave, and you'll say, ah, you, you and Jim said he was rubbish. No, we didn't. We said that he's still learning. And between the two of them, no, between the two of them, I, that's what I said. Is I, I myself, I'd have gone out and bought, like Jim said, Joe Hart or something like that, and just said, don't worry about playing with your feet. I just want to keep clean sheets every week and win the league. Yeah. But that's, Klopp wants to play a different way. So that's fine. And, but, and also, he, he's not a buyer of, of, you know, he doesn't spend that type of money for it. The likes of a Joe Hart historically, no. um, you know, he, he likes to, to, to pick players up and develop them, which is a trait that's magnificent. There should be yeah. more of it in the game. But sadly, in the, in the money world that we, that we live in, the Premier League, that's, that most, most coaches don't really feel they have the time. They want the success straight away. Yeah. But that's what I said. But they haven't, like Jim said, though, you've got to take it the other way around as well. They haven't got the time. That's the problem. You lose three games, you're out. So you, you've got to look at it both ways and try and balance it. I know Klopp's just signed another six-year contract where he signed it. But but at the end of the day, other managers won't have that luxury where they can go out and turn around and go, don't worry about it. If we lose six on the trot, we'll get you back in. The, you know, you, you carry on. And it's Unfortunately, it's, it's a business. And, you know, I think he, I, I, I know Jim does as well, but I think he's an absolutely fantastic manager. I think I've said it from day one, we'll be top four at least. And we'll win a trophy. And we'll win a trophy. I think he inspires players, and he gives yeah. them the go and play. He, He'd love to. I'd love to play for him. I know. I know. If yeah. anybody didn't, and and the one thing I like about him as well is Jim. He's straight to the point. The Balotelli yeah. thing could have got to him. He could have tried him. But he didn't. Yeah. He didn't even. He wasn't even tempted by one little tiny bit to try and go. Do you want to play in a preseason game, Mario? He didn't even try. He just thought no. No. no yeah, and, and that's what I like about him. I think he's yeah. just straight to the point. But any manager, you call your career, you go through your career. Tomo was blunt and honest. <laughs> <laughs> to a point. But, was, but, but that was always the Liverpool way. If yeah. they tried to trick you or con you, then they would call you a cheat. And cheats never prosper, especially at that club. So yeah. when you have that degree of honesty, and I look back at my career and the managers, I, the best managers I played with were the honest ones. Were the ones. Yeah. Now, again, good managers, they're used car salesmen, they can tell you this, they can tell you that, in order to get... They knew their characters. Again, I think the best managers are the best man managers because they profile their players from the exactly. eyes on them and, and they get the best out of them. But that's why that's why England, going back to England just quickly, mm-hmm. that's why England should have somebody like Harry Redknapp. That's, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. And the Sam, I think that's why they went to Sam. They felt it's... Oh, no, no, I totally agree. And again, going back to Sam again, you just brought up, so let's go on a... The Daily Telegraph have not come up with anything. I just saw the thing on Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank yesterday when, when uh, Les Ferdinand was saying, well, we've asked for the transcript. So all the supporters out there and that have slagged the people off and go to, it's, it's one of them things where you entrapment's the right word. Yeah. Now, have we seen the whole transcript of what Sam's supposed to have done? Because I think, in my opinion, all he'd done was trying to help somebody out. Yeah, there was 400 grand at the end of it. So what anybody would have turned around and gone, well, I'll have a chat with you. He didn't say, just give me the money. He, he probably said to the lad, I'll come out with you, but I'll just listen, but I'm not really interested. And, then, and it all gets t- taken out of context. They, it's, all gone, it's all gone quiet now, isn't it? Where's all these premiership stars they were going to bring out of the woodwork? Yeah. Maybe Sam didn't fit the DNA letter by... Oh, <laughs> you're back to that again. Well, but I, think what... I, think, I, think, I think this DNA, you have to be really careful with it. It's one way of playing. It's not the only way. But you can't, Jim, you can't turn around and say, you can't, you can't unless... Right, unless it's a club, you can't do it at international level unless you've got the players every day. Because you can't turn around, like we said earlier on, and say to blokes coming from Bristol City and that playing in under twenty ones, forget everything that your club who pays you every week has told you. This yeah. is what you got to do. He goes back to his club. I got the bloke back from playing for England under twenty ones. He's now instead doing stepovers on the, on, on the penalty spot and stuff because that's what the England manager told me to do. Like, hey, what are you on about? That's the <laughs> problem. 
is a problem. It is. That's the problem you got. Is you got a bloke coming back and, and going. I, I played for. I, I had it at our level. I played for the county last week, I, I, and a bloke was telling me I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I said, "Well, go and ask him for your twenty five pound. I give you every week then. You know, if you, <laughs> that, you carry on. Yeah, it's true. I know. I listen. I, I, you can't dress it up. We we're in a very fortunate position that we don't dress it up. We yeah, know good. what we get. We know we know what we can get from our players. We know exactly what they give us. We've never we've never had a, a, a there's never been a question mark about our spirit or our uh, work ethic or our organisation or discipline. Yeah, at times we lack a little bit of quality in the, in the vital areas, but we try and make up for that maybe through set pieces and whatever else. Yeah. That is that if anything that is our DNA, you know, and 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 then amongst that through our wonderful association uh, in, in world football we've created you know two three world class players and best Jennings and I would probably throw Whiteside into that too do you yeah. know so so you know we, we create world class you know there is the exactly but but yeah. that's what that's what we were saying Jim that's that's where England go wrong they think they're ten times better than what they are that's the, we, we ain't we're not we're, we got to get this out of our, our mantra or whatever you want to call it our psyche yeah that we thinking that we are the world power in football. We haven't yeah. been for years. We and, and you look yeah. at the Premiership. What was it? Thirty three percent were English players or something. I don't so, think the top players think that way, Nick. Though I don't think they think that way. I no, no. I'm on about. I'm on about. I'm on about the managers and the, and the FA, yeah, the, pe- totally. the people who are trying to create this DNA, trying yeah, to yeah. revive it from somewhere. We haven't won a trophy since since 1966. So forget all about the DNA. And we had this. If you couldn't win the World Cup, no disrespect to whoever was managing then. With Scholes and Beckham and yeah. Gerrard and, and right. all them players, if you can't win the World Cup or anything, then they didn't turn around and say the DNA was. They had good players. We didn't fit players. them into the system, right? We didn't have a manager like Michael O'Neill or somebody. We've only got twelve players, so let's. Do... No, it was Gerrard can't play with Lampard. He can't do this. He can't do that. They can't do. And it's all that they listened to people, and they ended up yeah. playing things that you play three at the back or try something different. Play three at the yeah. back and try and fit another midfield player in with Gerrard. Could you imagine Scholes? Lampard and Gerrard played in midfield. Not yeah. a bad midfield. No. Yeah, One of them ended up playing on the wing. <laughs> What's all, the point? All, all top-class players. Exactly right. And until they identify that, they they have always had top, top players. They Do you have- say as a manager, Jim, here's a question for you as a manager, right? Do you say as a manager, because I know I did, your best player, your best player you got, or your best two or three players, because most teams got two or three, every manager knows they're the two or three best ones, I wouldn't move them out of their position for all the tea in China, I would make sure he played in every every game he played. Yeah. He would play in his best position. Yeah, I've seen managers at Liverpool play Stephen Gerrard on the wing. Yeah, I've seen managers for England play Stephen Gerrard on the wing. I've seen managers for England play Wayne Rooney on the, when he was when he was one of the best players. Or now they're playing him in midfield. Yeah, if he's not good enough to be in his best position, play somebody else. But don't put him in the team just for the sake of it. But I, I, I oh, baffles me when they play Rafa Benitez playing him on the wing. Stephen Gerrard, come on. No, I, I agree, totally agree, and they'll have an answer for that, and they'll give you reasons for that. But your best player is your best player, do you know, and, and he plays the, in his position every week, and you fit the rest in, in around him because because you know he he can dominate. Listen, their game winner, their game changers, their match winners, all the terminology you want to use, they're yeah. the ones that make the difference. So you you know if you're playing them in a position where they can't make the difference, then it's a bad decision. Well, I, I looked at the game, the Liverpool game against Man United. Now, Mourinho, I think, is one of what used to be one of the best coaches. I used to think he was a great coach. Their two, their two wingers, which was Ashley Young and Rashford, were playing fullback. So he may as well have played like Kenny played some games, two fullbacks on the side. Maybe he played Venners in yeah. and Stevie Nichol. He may as well have played two. In my opinion, he may as well have played two fullbacks and just defended properly. What is the point 
in having Rashford or whoever tracking all the way back. And ta- some of the times he was trying to clear it with his left foot in the left back position. Yeah. Is that his strength? No. So what's the point in playing it? Play a left back there? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not here to question Jose's. Uh, no, I, no, nor am I. I'm glad he did it because I think. But, yeah, but what? But an opinion on that? Yeah. But he, he's probably doing that because he feels that the boy want the boy needs to play. He's done enough to play, and he's and he's putting them in the team. But, but he isn't putting in them. He's not going to do drop Ibrahimovic to play Rashford up front. I, so, I know, but in any team, that's what we're saying is any team for any lad that has played mm-hmm. it for, we all want to play. We yeah. all want to play as younger lads. And, you know, and I played left back, right back, centre half, do that, but I could do a good job there. When you've got a, one of the brightest prospects in England yeah. playing left back. And I've yeah. seen it with Brendan Rodgers to a certain extent with, with Raheem Sterling. I felt sorry for Raheem Sterling come the end. Yeah. Again, we go back to, you know, all the crowd giving him stick and all that now, greedy this, greedy that. That's not him. That's his agents. We all know that. Yeah. That's not that's unfair slagging the kids off. One of my biggest bugbears is when I'm watching a game of football is all the crowd booing their ex-players. Just watch your own players, isn't it? Just get on with it. Yeah. Just watch your own team. Yeah. Concentrate on your own players. Support your own team and forget all them. But when he used to play, every game I used to see him and make a substitution and Brendan used to put him further and further away from the goal mouth. I've seen games where he's playing left back and you think, the kid must be absolutely distraught. Yeah. And you can see the reason he wanted to leave. And he was playing, seriously playing the same as Rashford was, like left back. And yet he was having a good game in in, in being the hole or wherever. So yeah, it just I can't see the point in it. It just does me edit. No, exactly, and, and and it's a valid point you've made. But again, the decisions centered around your team selection will always will always cause controversy because this is a game of opinion, and because we all have an opinion on it, uh, we don't know what's happened during the week. We don't know what's that. You know, all these and managers will stand up and give you their reasons for it. I've always been very much around trying to get the best players on the pitch in their best positions. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. I think Klopp's the same. Bar Milner, obviously, because he's playing out of position. But yeah. I think that's that's what I'm trying to get back to. I think we've got a manager yeah. now who actually plays round yeah. pegs in round holes. Whereas I've seen last season or in Brendan's role and stuff like that, even though we got close to winning the league, no disrespect. Anybody wants to argue with me, I could have nearly won the league with the front three he had. You know, yeah. it's not that it's not that hard when you've got that many goals in the team. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of coaching going on there, was there? They just got the ball forward and scored from everywhere with Suarez. So that there's no, you know, everybody keeps coming back with that one to me. And I'm going, OK, fine. The rest of the, his tenure at Liverpool was awful, in my opinion. Right. Well, was just, I'm just saying. But that's what I said about managing and stuff like that. And you have to you have to put the best. And I think Klopp's, that's why everybody's now going, oh, he's actually quite good. And they're not trying to defend Brendan Rodgers now because they're on Klopp's side, which is right. Yeah, because you can't. Exactly. You know, it's a tough job, and Liverpool is a big club. Well, it is one of the biggest clubs, and going into our managing, managing the pressure, managing the expectation, he is a manager that has taken that in his stride. He is confident. He exudes confidence. He's brilliant. He, but more importantly, he has transferred that confidence to his players. Yeah. Game winning games, gathering momentum, all the important aspects of. Running a football club important. The the dressing room should be the centre of any football club. That confidence exudes. It's starting to really filter into the stands now, Nick. You can feel it. And more importantly, the expectation of the players has risen. That's really yeah. important. Now, I think the confidence is sky on it now. You can see yeah. him go out on the pitch and know. And like you said earlier on is that when you play at Anfield and, and you let teams get on, or when teams get on top of you, you do feel more pressure. Whereas now... Yeah. From the minute the whistle goes, 
Yeah, it's like a rash on everybody. And you can, like you said, you can imagine playing against them under pressure for yeah. for ninety minutes of the game. So I think that's what he's he's instilled transformed that. it in Liverpool. And yeah. it, you know, and then did that at Dortmund, yeah, yeah. And the, and Dave was saying about the cup. The, was it nine cup finals he's lost or something? Well, I think it's seven. Stats stats are there to be broken, aren't they, Dave? So when he wins the next one, like, he can just turn around and put the put put the people to rights. But that, that's he's got to the finals in the first place. You've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? After people won't think anywhere near it. So yeah, absolutely. And Jim, Jim, just a question for you. You know, you're talking about Klopp coming in, and and we saw what he did last season with obviously Roger Brendan Rodgers' squad. He didn't he didn't add anything. You know, Michael O'Neill again, just to, to bring a comparison, yeah. took over Northern Ireland, a very faltering Northern Ireland. Maybe the same yeah. model we could use as Liverpool faltering at, at that stage under Rodgers. What do these guys bring in motivational terms? What 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 are they doing that it's just made that sudden change? Because it was like that with Klopp, and it's it's very similar to what Michael's done with Northern Ireland. Yeah, Michael. Listen, when Michael went in, they were losing games, and they were losing games to Luxembourg. You know, you know <laughs> no, it was it was a real low point. It was yeah, an absolute was, low point. But in, in ter- if you speak to me in terms of his methods and in terms of how he spoke to players, it hasn't really changed. What he did was he uh, he set them all down and said, "Guys, listen, this at Kenway is our DNA. We can't dress this up." We ha- and and he took them away to South America. I think that tour added real value, gave the boys a sense of belonging, gave the boys a sense of where the manager was coming from. I think they created an identity from that. And I think then once one one they once they went into the European Championship qualifying campaign, they the first game Hungary away. They, they actually played really well. Then Hungary had a little spell. And then the manner in which they came back in that game and the, and the two goals scored, just just from there, you could feel a different a different Northern Ireland. Uh, well, it was like a springboard moment, those yeah, two goals. Yeah, it really was, Dave. Yeah, it definitely was. And, and, I, was, and I was in the round, the, the group, and in terms of you could, you could tell... And see, by the end of that campaign, I think it was probably the first time in 30 years I was going into the game expecting to win. <laughs> Honestly, going into the game, expecting to win a game, Nick. No. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think now, yeah, with Liverpool, I think exactly the same. And going back to what, what Klopp changed around, Dave, I can answer that one as well, is because what, what Klopp did was actually, like I said just now, is he actually got players going back to the basics of doing their jobs properly, what they're good at. Yeah. That's true. And and, and, and he also said Adam Lallana, prime case. Well, I said I said my, yeah. my, my lad. We, we watched Lallana all the time. He was in Southampton Union when they signed him and stuff. I thought he was absolutely magnificent for Southampton. And then when he yeah. came, he thought, "Why is he worth that money? He's not because he, he in, in you could see it, but you couldn't see it all going back." And I said, "Oh, I was like that about Lallana until Klopp got hold of him." I must have said to him, "I watched you at Southampton. What do you used to do different there? Or why were you?" And he probably said, "Well, I maybe strength, you know, and I didn't used to have to go in this position." Yeah. Right, we'll start doing that again. And yeah. you can see that he sort of more or less gives him a free roll. And I, don't, I think Lallana goes basically where he wants to go. And he's got that freedom back like he had at Southampton when he used to yeah. run past but 20 again, players. Yeah, but again, the adjustment, Nick, from a Southampton to a Liverpool. Agreed, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You know what I mean? And that's what I said. But then, Jim, but when you're being told again by somebody, this is the philosophy and this is how we play in yeah. this thing, and rigidly you can't move out that position like mm-hmm. he was, all the, all the, like John Barnes, like saying to John Barnes, I don't want you dribbling past people, I want you playing backwards and come back back yeah. out again. And you take yeah. it all away from what John Barnes was all about. You've got to say to some people, go and play. Steve McManaman, you couldn't turn, no. play in the system with Macker, just give him the ball and let him run. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's right. That's exactly right. Players play. You know, you yeah, exactly. But I, I just, I just think that the, 
Yeah, but that's, that's what I said. I just think you've got the you've got Northern Ireland have got that spirit that we miss it. I, went, I was embarrassed and sort of jealous of the of the spirit of of Wales in Northern Ireland in yeah. the Euros because ours was like every time we got a press, we don't expect to win. Then our Nick, we don't expect to win. There's that. The, the but that's what we need to get. Out. We we yeah, yeah, exactly exactly. The, England need to re- sort of restart that that yeah. expectation clock. For example, I'll get I'll get tell you a story here, Jim. Um, yeah. <laughs> we lost to Germany there in the last game, and yeah. I, and my, my Brazilian neighbours couldn't understand why I was celebrating <laughs> that we only lost two nil. Yeah. and I did remind. I did remind them. Well, they only put two passes. They didn't put seven. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's but that's that's what I'm saying. That's that old bulldog spirit. When they won the '66 World Cup, I don't think they were the favourites to win it. I'm not sure, but I don't think the team that, that played in the final was the team that was starting off in the first. So it's that expectation that we've somehow got. I don't know. Yeah, how. He left Jimmy Graves out, and they became yeah. the. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, he, but I don't know where we got it from. I don't know where we think we we are that good. And I've always said the same is I'd rather go into the World Cup. In exactly the same as you lot, and just say we've only got you know they keep saying yeah. about let's take this player. Let's take. I'd rather them just say we've got a core of eleven. Be honest, we've got a core yeah. of eleven players like you do. They're my players. I've got yeah. three subs, and be honest in a in a team meeting. Look, lads, these are best you eleven are playing, and you three have got a chance if we're injured. We yeah. we come up with some yeah. systems and formations, and yeah. the game against Iceland, I've never seen such an inept anything. The players, the manager doing nothing. Yeah. An international manager and Gary Neville got to take some stick. Otherwise, he may as well have gone there and said to Roy, you sit down, Roy, I'll do this. Right, lads, let's do this. Because they went anyway. We went out with a whimper. I never any seen man, Any manager would have put, you might as well put two centre-halves up front, Jim, and got the goalkeeper to just knock it. Like, we did nothing. We just passed it around. I just thought, I just thought, I'd never seen England, and the quality England have were so inept with their passing, their... Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching too. But the other thing, the other thing, I that, thought they were drugged. I thought they were on drugs or something. I thought somebody had been a drug them. I thought afterwards they were going to say it's, it's, yeah. it's, somebody's been given food poisoning or done something. The one thing that we we are very good at, world class at, right? World class. We're realists. We're brilliant. Yeah. We're world class at arguing, uh, right? And yeah. we're, all, we're also world class at being realists. Do you know what I said to somebody the other week, no, no, the other year it was, when, when you know, we've had all these campaigns, England going in there. I'd rather be like like Scotland and you know, all when they get there. I'm just delighted to be there in the first place. But I'd love one year, if it was Sam, not Sam, because he might not have changed. But, but to just, they're all kept saying about Sam, you're a long ball, you're a long ball, you're a long ball, you do that. I'd love him to just go, right, we've got Andy Carroll and Peter Crouch up front for England. Yeah. And we're just going to play free at the bat and we're going to put the biggest team we got out. Just pick them on the height and go out there and see how far you get. We couldn't do any worse and just keep launching it and keep it. That's England's DNA from now on. And you'd do much better than what we did. I'm telling you now, we, we, you yeah. would do that. If you had Andy Carroll, if you had Andy Carroll in Ireland or an Andy Carroll type, you would play to his strengths. But we played England. Kyle Lafferty. Kyle Lafferty scored goals. He put himself on the market through... Uh, wonderful displays, scoring lots of goals, and but this is the end, and and we we develop a, a system that suited our players. We, we don't. <laughs> we didn't dress it up again. We didn't dress it up. We had a system that we uh, the players were more, more most importantly the players are very comfortable in and yeah. minor readjustments, not wholesale readjustments. Each game, each game, each game. Maybe two systems that we that we have. Uh, developed over the course of maybe three or four years, where we 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 try and restrict opportunities to top class opposition, play yeah. on the attack, rely on set pieces. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. We understand it, but the players understand it, and 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 we start to get results. 
exactly. And Jim, that's all it's about, mate. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the disappointing thing. Even 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 like at Liverpool now, they're winning games all the time, like you said, and people accept that. But then they they carry on because they're all happy. Yeah. A couple of bad results, but at least I don't think I can't see us. Not even going to say that, but I can't see us losing games where we're so inept that we're playing so bad because it's happened once. It well, it didn't even happen, did it? At Burnley. I still thought no. we played all right. Yeah, I still thought. And, and Klopp said in five hundred odd games of management, he's never managed in a game where a team's had so much possession and so many chances and actually lost. He actually said that afterwards. He, he looked it back on the tape and thought, I didn't think I was watching a different game. And it's true, yeah. you're going to get them games, but they didn't play that bad. No, they just didn't score. No, and that's again the difference. You know, of course it is. The, you know, stating the obvious. But, uh, <laughs> right, we've been on for we're on for an hour and a half, Jim. We've gone over the time now. The egg timer's broke now. So what we'll do, Jim? <laughs> magnificent speaking. Lovely speaking to you, mate. Really. Hang well. on, mate. I'm going to ask you now yeah. for your best moment. I can't say in a Liverpool shirt, but I'm going to ask you for your career best moment playing yeah. on the pitch. Yeah. And then we'll do one for the best laugh you've had off the pitch. You can go to a certain extent, but not too bad. With, with, to do with football? I think career highlight was scoring a hat-trick in the uh, playoff semi-final for Ipswich. We beat Bolton in the playoff semi-final, got us to Wembley. We ended up winning at Wembley and got promoted in the Premier League. So, listen, I've never scored three goals. I hadn't scored <laughs> school, since school, so scoring a hat-trick on that night was 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 kids' dreams. It was my dreams. And, listen, I've had too many laughs from you, from you... <laughs> Right to hold through each club. If I, if the one thing I will. Your best one at Liverpool. Just tell us one at Liverpool because we, we were on the. Don't forget, Dave. We were on the periphery of the first team now and again. But training used to be hilarious, didn't it? Some of the some of the lads in training. Yeah. Phil, Tom, Phil Thompson kicking William. <laughs> 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 Wayne Harrison. <laughs> but Dave, we, we just. Yeah, I was just going to say we did have some trips down to Cornwall where we used to have a laugh. Yeah, yeah, and listen, that was that, <laughs> that, that trip when we got on the boat, the fishing boat. Oh. The boy had to come and get me. <laughs> I was green. I was hanging over the end. I was dying a thousand deaths. So I'll tell I'll tell that one, Dave. And this is a true story. Jim will bear me out. We had Wayne Harrison with us who passed away probably three or four years ago, but Wayne was yeah. just a complete nutcase, a fruitcake. The first year in Cornwall, apparently, he put his hand through his plane <laughs> the plate glass yeah. window. Yeah. That's right. And then he, he severed his hand and stuff. And then on our trip, if I remember it right, me and Marshy were laughing about it the other day. When we went on the fishing boat, didn't he jump in the water? <laughs> when we uh, dived in, I had to get off. I, had to, I, 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 I couldn't. And there were there were kids with their dads with the fishing rods around the day. This man, all the lads are just I'm hanging over the end. Honestly, I was dying. But Wayne jumped in, didn't he? Remember, he jumped in. I don't know. I was on a boat. Yeah. No, I think I think what happened was he um. <laughs> he went. He jumped in the side over one side. Me and Marshy were laughing about it the other day. It's so funny because obviously, bearing in mind, Dave, we were in a tournament with like Man United. I think Everton were in it as well, Jim. Yeah. And, and and the reserves from them yeah. and some other team. Now we we were sat in the beer garden having our beer, and then I can always remember the Man United lads coming with all them shakes and everything. Remember yeah. the, the protein shakes and stuff like that sat at the table. And then Mike Cooper came across with a tray full of beer, and I thought. Yeah, class. <laughs> Spilling it everywhere and going, all right, I, think lads, we won, yeah. I think we won it anyway in the end. Yeah, we won. That's what I'm saying. We won the tournament. I can always remember saying, because Marshy said one of the things that was funny, he remembers, is that we thought we were playing against, I think it was Everton or Man United, whichever team the next day, but we weren't. We were playing, and they were on the beer with us. It was the other team we were playing. They were on the beaten <laughs> protein shakes. We still battered them, but Wayne dived, yeah, he dived in over the side. And then Tom banned us all from going out, didn't he, for once? <laughs> Yeah, he banned us and then 10 minutes later he lifted the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> go on lads, there you go. 
I think he lifted the curfew because we were tanner sheets together to get out. <laughs> yeah, but it was, oh, that was brilliant. That's, a, that's right. the first time I ever went on a helicopter, Dave. At the end of the, we got yeah. a train down, didn't we, Jimmy? Got on that ceiling thing. Oh my God, that frightened me to death. That Trigana day. Castle. We went to Trigana Castle. That's it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Happy days. Brilliant, Jim. Thanks for your time, mate. Top man. Dave, all the best. Listen, just massive thanks again to Jim McChilton for coming on. Fantastic guest. I've been in the element listening to him for obvious reasons. Uh, so, Jim, just thank you very, very much again. And, Nick, as always, pleasure and privilege talking to you every week that I get. Um, until the next one. <laughs> Back and see it wasn't all so bad.